WMNF Tampa. PR News in Washington. I'm Louise Schiavone. On this day three of a four-day temporary ceasefire, it's expected that there will be another release of hostages abducted by Hamas today. So far, two American women and one American child have not yet been released in an exchange of hostages for Palestinians jailed in Israel. But this morning, White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan is saying that could change. He spoke on NBC's Meet the Press. The initial hostage deal involves the release of women and children, and there are three Americans in that category, two women and one young child. And we have reason to believe that one of those Americans will be released today, but until we see her out uh, safely from Gaza, in the hands of uh, the authorities and ultimately in the hands of her family, uh, then we won't be certain. Sullivan says the situation is developing moment by moment. And in general, the White House says it is hopeful the ongoing hostage releases by Hamas will include American citizens, including a four-year-old child. At a minimum, they expect the release of the Americans to unfold in the coming days. NPR's Deepa Shivaram has more. President Biden was briefed throughout the day on the uncertainty over the hostage deal implementation, the White House says. Earlier Saturday, Hamas delayed the release of hostages because they said Israel was blocking aid to northern Gaza. After a few hours of delay, Hamas released 13 Israeli and four foreign hostages. Biden spoke with the emir of Qatar and the Qatari prime minister, and senior U.S. officials were also in touch with Israeli, Qatari, and Egyptian officials during the day. Deepa Shivaram, NPR News. So yesterday, in total, Hamas handed over a total of 17 hostages, and in return, Israel says it released 39 Palestinian prisoners. Among those freed during the pause so far, nine-year-old Ohad Munder Zakri and grandmother Ruthie Munder, both taken hostage by Hamas in a brutal raid on Israel October 7th. NPR spoke with Itai Raviv, the cousin of Ohad. So I haven't been able to see them yet, but I have spoken uh, to them on the phone. Uh, they're doing okay, uh, not the best. Uh, they seem fine physically, uh, mentally. Uh, they're still in shock. Uh, it's been uh, quite a nightmare for, for us and obviously for them. The release of detainees was delayed for several hours in part because of Palestinian concerns about aid to northern Gaza. MasterCard reports Black Friday retail sales this week in the U.S. were 2.5% higher than this time last year. Financial analysts in general are seeing robust online spending, Adobe Analytics forecasts. That's only going to increase tomorrow when it anticipates shoppers will spend a record $12 billion. This is NPR News. In central Washington, people are searching for the remains of Yakima Nation tribal members at a place called Mulmul, or Fort Simcoe Historical State Park. Many could be buried there from Yakima war dead to native children from a boarding school established in 1860. The Northwest News Network's Anna King has more details. Under a park shed with a remote Wi-Fi setup and a laptop is Guy Mansfield. He's helping to organize a search with handlers and their specially trained dogs that can sniff out even very old human remains. So because the search dogs have relatively limited amount of nose time, it's really important for us to carefully prioritize where we assign them. His computer draws probability maps of where bodies might be buried. The data will be brought before the Yakima Nation Tribal Council. For NPR News, I'm Anna King on the Yakima Indian Reservation. In Alaska, the bodies of two children, ages 12 and 11, and a 65-year-old commercial fisherman remain missing after a landslide struck three separate homes Friday. An active search has been suspended, but a canine team is on call. 
the bodies of the children's parents and older sister have been recovered. After a period of heavy rain and high winds earlier in the week, the slide carved a path from the top of a mountain near the logging community of Wrangell. I'm Louise Schiavone, NPR News. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Melville Charitable Trust, committed to ensuring all people have a safe, stable, and affordable home that allows them to thrive. Information about ways to prevent and solve homelessness is at melvilletrust.org. This is WMNF Tampa, WMNF.org, Community Conscience Radio. WMNF and Living Mirror Playback Theater will host a monthly community talkback and improv show live here in the WMNF studios, 7 p.m. on the fourth Friday of every month. The event will be based on our monthly mission calendar, covering topics such as economic justice, environmental issues, and more. We invite community activists and interested listeners to come and share their thoughts and experiences. Then Living Mirror will play back those stories using improv techniques. It'll be a compelling evening of community sharing and improv theater, but space in our studio is limited. So go online to wmf.org backslash events to reserve your seat. WMNF is more than just 88.5 FM. You can also find us online at WMNF.org. Check out the latest news stories, how to volunteer, future WMNF concerts, stream live or the latest episode of your favorite music shows, and more. And of course, you can always show your support by clicking on the Donate Now button. Explore your community at WMNF.org. If you love classic soul, R&B, Caribbean, gospel, hip-hop, or house music, and if you love podcasting and exclusive interviews, if you love urban culture and urban music, then you will really love the Urban Cafe channel. You can find it here on HD2 if you have an HD2 radio, or you can go to WMNF.org and download our mobile app so that you can listen to it all the time. This is Mindy Murphy, CEO of the Spring of Tampa Bay with a WMNF public service announcement. You deserve to feel safe. Nearly 20 people per minute are physically abused by an intimate partner in the United States, and it's not just physical. Abuse can leave lasting effects mentally and emotionally as well. At the Spring of Tampa Bay, survivors of domestic violence can be aided at the time of crisis and many points after with various programs such as shelter, rapid rehousing, mental health counseling, legal services, and much more. For help or information, visit our website at thespring.org. You are not alone. Produced at WMNF 88.5 Radio. Right, welcome back, welcome back. You're on the air with Annie Miles, the fourth estate crew. I'm filling in today for Walter L. Smith II. Um, he's out taking care of some wonderful business and reaching goals for him and his family. So me and Mr. Mobilia are in here today talking to you guys. We're in the second hour, okay? Now we're going to be continuing with our discussion on empowerment, um, not just of women, but... Um, the, the motivation behind the success of the women, but we're going to expand that to also lead to um, entrepreneurship. So our second hour, we want people calling in that can kind of contribute, give some ideas on what their community is doing, what they can do to make it better, all right? Or again, say something, may spark somebody else's mind to do something great. We want to focus on education, equality, economic inclusion, environmental justice, and it always also is going to include empathy for those that we're trying to help and those that need help. So give us a call, 813-239-9663. Welcome back to WNMNF.org. Thank you. All right, Mabella, let's go ahead and follow up what we were discussing. And thank you for playing Tina Turner, as well as for those of you that did not know, the first song that he played was from Miss Josephine Baker, Bye Bye Blackbird. Okay, for those of you that don't know, the extraordinary Josephine Baker, she was a dancer, a singer, a French Renaissance. They also thought she was an agent spy, okay, and a civil rights activist. That's the main thing we need to focus on. She was a strong woman that spoke through her lyrics. You know, she she reached out to um, individuals through her voice, you know, with her music. But she broke a lot of barriers, you know, for black women. And that's something that, again, we need to reflect back on our history so that our children will know 
the, the um, shoulders that they're standing on. So they'll know what their ancestors fought for them to have the freedom that they have right now to come out and speak the way they want to speak, you know, to stand, you know, on certain subjects. Give honor to those that have paved the way for us, you know. If you have any comments, give us a call, 813-239-9663. So, my Billy, the reason I want to focus on entrepreneurship, to me, when you get to a point in your life and you have that voice, you know, and you know that in order to things to change, you have to be active in it. You have to have some t- some type of participation with it. But then we, a lot of us go through, especially black African-American women, you know, we have families. We're single mothers. So, we have that job component. We got to go to work. Oh, we want to own our own business. It's hard to make that transition. But I always say it's the mindset and also how you interact with others. No one made it without someone giving them a helping hand. Always keep that in the back of your mind. Okay? So when you're going for something, I use myself as an example. You know, my children, I went and got my college degree because I wanted them to know they were capable of doing it. And I wanted them to know they were capable of doing it even though I was a single mother and their father was not in the house. You know, they still saw it being done. So we have a choice. I raise my children with that mindset, okay? I put God first, and this is my own preference, so don't call telling me anything, you know, religious, okay? <laughs> I put God first, you know, did my family, you know, and to me, that's success. And I named my first company after that, Family Wealth and Success Corporation, because that's what I believed in, you know, and I still do to this day. But also, I learned there were people helping me get to where I need to be, and the reason they helped me is because I opened my mouth, And I said I wanted help. I needed help. And I gave reasons behind that. There's always a motivating factor behind everyone's success. You know, it can get to come up out of the environment from which they live in. Most rappers, they'll tell you that. They came from the streets, you know, of that neighborhood. And they spoke and they rapped about what went on in their lives. And they gave voice to others that were feeling the same thing. That's in any industry. That's in any organization Whoever that CEO was or is, he been through some things, okay? And I, I said ironically, he been through some things, okay? <laughs> you know? So we, we have to be conscious of that. You can make a change in your local community. You can go to the library, you know? There's a lot of resources there. Utilize it. Utilize it. I, I'm speaking from experience. So if you're an entrepreneur, you out there, you have something that you're trying to promote that's positive, give us a call at 813-239-9663. If you're already a business owner and you're looking for other people to participate in what you're doing that's positive to help the community, call in 813-239-9663. This is what I'm trying to spark today. This is the message I'm trying to get across, okay? Entrepreneurship, education, empowerment, all of that goes together. So if you really are one of those individuals who say, yeah, I want to make a difference, I want us to be more united, or you're saying these things should happen, well, what are you doing to help make those things happen? Call in, let us know what's on your mind. What do you think about that, my brother? Yeah, I mean, the most salient thing I heard there was you don't do it by yourself. That's it. You know, it takes a village. That's it takes. Right. A social arrangement oftentimes when it comes to us. That's how we did it in the past. Mm-hmm. It it wasn't just one guy that decided he's going to be the boss of everybody and everything. It took everybody's in, in engagement mm-hmm. with that, especially when it comes to entrepreneurship. You know, it sounds like a sort of petty capitalism, but it really is a sort of socialism Absolutely. because it, it's all about bringing everybody up. Together. It's all about That's bringing it. everybody in together and giving everybody a role because everybody can do something. Something. <laughs> you know what something. I'm saying? Everybody can contribute something. Exactly. <laughs> 813-239-9663. And the callers are already coming in. You can also write us, DJ at WMNF.org. This is the Sunday Forum, and we're taking your telephone calls. Andy Miles is with us today here in, on the Sunday Forum joining us on the fourth state and uh, we're going to go to the telephone lines and see what people have to add okay. as we're talking about how it takes a village to do something that's it. go ahead caller you're on the sunday forum hey how you doing man? good morning good. morning morning i just wanted to say this is uh, promote my little blog you are within the north.com and billy how you doing this morning good good because I, I belong to the inability fan club too so <laughs> you know to make sure of that man. yeah hey, did my man call in yet to, 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 to give you a blessing 
Yes, somebody called in earlier. First call okay. gave us a blessing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Anyway, so I'm here to, to just promote my blog here. We've we've had some very interesting events that are taking place in terms of the area of healthcare, particularly those who go out and are targeting the highly specialized, highly trained physicians and pharmacists that are being uh, uh, racked up by the government or being uh, targeted by the government for. Um, Based on basically on the success and having their assets from so I ask people to 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 read that and once again being that this is a Thanksgiving time and that sort of thing I like to say once again my good University of Michigan uh, uh, triumphed over the uh, Ohio State Buckeyes yesterday. Carla, so before I you thought, go, tell us the date and time of your event. Oh no, I don't have I don't have a read. The blog okay. in the norms.com. And you can pull that Y-O-U-A-R-E within the norms.com. And let me tell you something. This blog is read all over the world. All right. I mean, we, uh, this, you, I'm, this, I get hit just uh, today from Nigeria, uh, Canada, Germany, uh, the United States, of course. And then, you know, I've had hits uh, this week. If I just hit for this week, I'd have hits from... Uh, Australia, India, um, uh, Russia. That's good. Like that means you, you, so you're getting a message all over. That's a good thing. That's right. what, that's what we need to do. That's exactly right. what it's all about. Thank, Thank you for community. calling in. Our, our needs are all over, are all over the world, you know, cause we are folks who are, are worldly folks and our issues are ones that, uh, drive, uh, this the policy here in this country and stuff. So, you know, reach out. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. You bet. Bye-bye. Yep. We need more of your calls. 813-239-9663. As we are talking about civic engagement, you know, I, I think about the past, our mm-hmm. uh, our past and how it was important for this uh, society to keep us locked out. And because of the nature of competition, they still mm-hmm. try to keep people locked out. And, you know, it is almost as if, like we said earlier, the, the racists see a threat around every corner. They see if they can't be in charge that the society is falling down. I say we're building up. I say we've progressed. We've, we've yeah. come a long mm-hmm. way and we have so many freedoms that we don't take advantage of. We have so many opportunities that we don't avail ourselves of. And so it's important that we share information. It's important that we share opportunities. You know, I think that we need some kind of, of, of a place. Maybe a Black Wall Street. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I talk about that a lot. Black Wall Street. You're so right. that people can come together on a daily basis and talk about how we're going to build and plan. You know, I will say this. Um, with the pandemic coming in effect, you know, we know we know we lost a lot of lives, but we also create a lot of businesses as well, you know. And mm-hmm. when you say we've come a long way, I, I agree 100 percent on that because when the pandemic came, the first thing that was on my mind when everybody was saying they was losing their jobs and so forth was like how can we create something or what can I do to help? And I teach financial awareness, but I also teach that no matter what you do, always find a position, you know, that no matter where you go and what happens with the economic society, what have you, you'll still be able to make some money. So what I did was I created a commercial cleaning business and I got my insurance license. Now, I created a commercial cleaning business because I want you all to keep this in mind, all right, for those of you who's trying to figure out what to do, Okay. It's certain industries that no matter what happens, it's still going to thrive in that community. First of all, it's commercial cleaning. Offices are always going to need be, need to be cleaned, okay? Mm-hmm. Funeral homes, believe it or not, they make a lot of money, okay? Hospitals, it's constant. You know, insurance is always going to be needed. And believe it or not, the car industry and also beauty, these are things that no matter what happens, people utilize these services, you know? You, you're going to go to, you're going to still go get your hair and your nails done so you can go find a job, okay? Or just so you can make yourself feel better. Life, hospital, death, funeral homes, okay? It is what it is. And when I created commercial, the commercial cleaning business, I said, hmm, I didn't want it just for myself. I wanted to create it to help others start their own business. And that's what I did, you know? But it's hard when, again, it's your mindset. Because I can want the best for you, but guess what? You have to want the best for you. 
You know, and that's something that a lot of us don't understand. We say, oh, I want to have my own business. I want to, but guess what? That comes with hard work. That comes with that motivation. It comes with you getting out there and knowing how to communicate with others. It comes with you not playing, and, and a lot of us do this. Again, don't call me and yelling. This is just my opinion, but you can call and give me yours, okay? But a lot of us play the pity game when we don't have to play the pity game, you know? You don't have to be, you know, always talking about you don't have, you don't have, you don't have, because believe me, you have a lot. There's some people that don't have the capacity to walk. They don't have to be able to use their arms. If you have those things, you have options. You know, it's what you choose to do with it. I always told my daughters when I was raising them, um, God bless you with the ability, you know, right from wrong. What you choose to do with it is up to you. Okay, <laughs> point blank. Yeah. Okay, so you can make that conscious decision to change your life. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. But as you continue on with it, you'll see the grace in it eventually, you know. And yeah. that's my hope for all that I talk, that I speak with, you know. If you got a car, you could give people rides exactly. and help run. They, you just charge $5 a trip, you know, something like that. Because you can compete exactly. with the big Ubers and the big Lyfts who are really exploiting people. So you, you could build something on your own. You know, I think that, you know, and with a group of people mm-hmm. could, could do things such as that, you know, there's so many uh, opportunities, you know, it's all about being positive. It's, it's a lot of it is about being positive because I think of, you know, I, I'm a big sports fan as I get older, you know, and I've been looking at the enduring positivity of Deion Sanders, Coach Prime. You know, he's uh, still remains uh, active. As a coach, you know, he still remained positive, even though it was a hard season for that college team up at up in Colorado. Uh, but the fact that he's even out there, he's got a club foot. This man I've almost can't even stand up for a whole game, and yet he's still, he's still enduringly positive. He's still out there doing it. And doesn't matter how much negativity comes his way, he's still exuding positivity. And I like That's that. It. You know, that helps. That's very therapeutic. Because, I mean, you, you have to look at it. As much as we find all the negative things that we can point out, there are a lot of great things that we can point out as well. You know, and that's why I said I don't believe in the pity part of always I can't do, I can't do, oh, this is wrong, this is wrong. Well, what can you make it right? What can you go and do? You know, so when people come to me and I do mentoring and life coaching, I'll listen to their stories. I'll listen to what their goals and their, you know, aspirations yeah. may be. And I'm like, okay, so I'm going to give you some resources to help you reach some of those, you know, step by step. Now, if you come back to me the second time, Billy, with the same issue, my first question going to be, did you utilize the resources I gave you the first time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, and let's be clear, Miss Andy does not do crazy long. Okay, <laughs> So you come to me the third time. And it's the, the same questions, the same issues. Then I have to make that conscious decision on my own. And say, do you really want help, or are you just coming? Because some people will do that to you. You have to be honest about yeah. it. You know, but some people are just overwhelmed. Yeah, and it, exactly. it takes a few. It takes a little time to work with some people. You have to take people as they are. Exactly. But you but know, you have yeah. to be true. The best love I can give you is the truth. You know, good, bad, right. or indifferent. You know, and that's what some people don't want to hear. And they right. take it as being criticism. I'm going to say, I love and respect you enough to tell you the truth. My brother, my sister, either this part is not right and this part needs help, so forth. But I'm going to always focus on the positive, not the negative that you keep telling me. I'm going to always right. focus on that because I promise you, if you have a negative, there's a positive somewhere in there. You just have to take the time and have the mindset to be willing to see it. So, again, give us a call if you 813-239-9663. If you want to voice your opinion on something, again, you may say something that may spark somebody else's mind to do something. I always welcome that. So I welcome you. Give us a call in. You're listening to WMNF.org. Um, you can contact DJ, what is it, to email you? Yeah, DJ at WMNF.org. There you go. Okay. Um, the next thing I want to talk about, so we touched base on how the political climate is trying to ban our books and things that affect. What do you think in regards to the local business part, the local yeah. part of, as far as us growing, growing the business, you know, the resource that we have available to us. I do know some of the college. You can go to um, USF College. They have a small business center. You know, go in and mm-hmm. utilize those resources. But I also found that they're losing a lot of, quote, unquote, they're supposed to be losing some resources because of all the changes that's going on right now. You know? But yeah. I, Anything I, that helps the people, exactly. is gonna, the resources are going to be under threat all the time. You know, coming out of the conservative governments. But I think, you know, there's also a small business 
administrative uh, building down there on 56th Street in Tampa. And a lot of times it's, it's good to go there. It's free mm-hmm. and you can get certified. But it's, it's good information in terms of the little things you have to do to start a business such as, you know, go and get the copyrights, go and That's get a it. website, go and, and they give you the step by step. Uh, plan on how to do these things. So that's good information. Utilize your libraries. And uh, also, you know, there's some kids who need home workout. Maybe you could help that. You could help with that. That's something that could be uh, worth it to put time into giving some after school instructions, you know, giving our kids after the pandemic, a lot of our kids need a heads up. They need a little extra help. uh, And maybe you're going to spark something in that child. And that child is going to start a business. That child is going to start some kind of uh, a group that's going to, be uh, a business That's it. and it's it, it's all because you helped you know so make the kids uh give them your time give them your expertise give them your knowledge and uh let the librarians have a role in this society once again too especially when it comes to our history yes i think that learning history you know it's not necessarily a business but it's something that might spark an idea maybe somebody in your family in the past had uh, a, a special skill that you didn't know about and you pick up on it you know that's one of the beauties of learning history learning about your own personal history because nobody can ban that Exactly. And let me tell you something. Um, I learned something years ago. I tell my children this now as well. They can't repossess your education, okay? (laughs) (laughs) They cannot. So I recommend learn as much as you can. Right. I mean, it's it's out there. So this is why... I put, I task everyone again with that responsibility and that accountability that you cannot say you're not making it because, and you know, we, we did, we did used to have this thing in New York, you know, you can't make it because the white man hold me down. (laughs) You know know how we used to say that? And don't get me wrong. (laughs) That is still true to a certain degree. Don't get me wrong. It is still true. It may not be as blatant as it used to, even though it's coming back to be very blatant, but it is still there. But guess what they can't? They can't stop your education. Yeah. They cannot. That's true. And that's part of the fascism that we're facing right that's now right. because they certainly are trying. They're trying to miseducate you. They're trying to take us backwards, you know, yes. if they are, you know, feel any kind of threat from black knowledge, you know, and they've, you know, they've always felt that threat, that's you know. Right. So right. I think that, you know, we have to be mindful of those efforts uh, and certainly the, the whole student loan debacle, the fact that that was a way that people tried to, you know, you had progressive and the President Biden trying to figure out and find ways mm-hmm. to forgive those student loans that have been languishing on people for 30, 40, 50 yes. years, you know, so that people can get some kind of relief. And you had the right wing Try doesn't want that. They want right. to take that back uh, and, and was somewhat successful. So, you know, we got to always be vigilant because there are those who are threatening our progress all the time in this country. And when we make progress, they're plotting on how to take it back. how to take it back, exactly. (laughs) And for for all those, you know, African-Americans or minorities, when you're voting for that individual or who those of you that did vote for him, keep in mind what he said. (laughs) I keep trying to get y'all to understand this. This man blatantly said to you, your worth is less than Mm -hmm. point blank, period. He told you, your worth is less than, so just be happy to get what you can get. He said that to you. And this you know? uh, an emailer, yeah, wrote that said that particular person is a unique threat okay. to this country. That's it. But he doesn't do it by himself. Absolutely He's not. He's emboldened so many people to go backwards and, and rear their ugly head of racism again in this country. And think about, uh, let's make America great again. Great for who? Exactly. Understand, understand the words that he's saying. Get behind it. Understand the depth of what it really means. Let's make America great again. Who was it great for? Right. Think about it. Think about the struggles that you went through to get to where you are. Think about what your ancestors went through. It's called education. Learn about it, okay? And you will see why we're saying, as that, quote, that um, person that just emailed you, he is a unique threat. That's right. A unique threat. What happened on January 6th, if that was a black man that had caused that, can you imagine? Okay, if those were black people climbing up on those walls, Mm -hmm. can you imagine how many deaths there would have been there? There were 
95% of the George Floyd protests were peaceful. And yet they called us rioters and violent, you know, and we were a threat to the police. Yet they were in the Capitol breaking windows, breaking through the doors and proud of it. And this guy is egging them on mm-hmm. and then trying to hide his hand and say, oh, I was, you know, this was just a, a stroll through the park. No, these people were a unique threat to this country because Absolutely. they can't get their way. They are no different than the the, the vandals who sacked Rome, you know, because they couldn't get their way. We got some phone calls. 813-239-963. Want to talk to Andy Miles here on the Sunday Forum. Go ahead, caller. You're on. caller. Cole, are you there? Yes, I have a follow-up question. Yes, ma'am. Has there ever been a ceasefire against the war, against poverty, the war against drugs, the war against mass incarceration, the war toward gentrification of black neighborhoods? If there has not been a ceasefire, and I understand self-preservation, but I think we need to be very, very careful if we're asking to decorate the master house. Mm. We we have to see it for what it is. It is not our duty and responsibility to hold this thing up. It is our duty and responsibility to preserve ourselves, our families, our culture. But the attack is raging against us on every front. Just as we talk about getting people registered to vote, they're now uh, uh, hampering the ability of uh, organizations to file injunctions against uh, gerrymandering and other things and, you know, uh, putting people in jail for just trying to demonstrate their right to vote. We're not talking about planet Pluto. <laughs> We're talking about here in this United States under this government with the majority of people in full support. So how do African people, black people that is under constant attack, do things to protect themselves and not be so confused that all is well and that if we're to be anything, we have to continue to pull ourselves up in some measurable form of acceptance. Uh, A war war has been waged against us, and I've never... understood if, if there was a ceasefire. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carla, for that. I, I do want to comment on that. Um, you're right. A, a war is waged on us, but it's not a new war. You know, this is something that we have been fighting for years. Our ancestors, they have been fighting for years, you know, and, and when you say, how can we do it? Believe me, we do it with struggle, prayer, and hopefully as much unification as we can. But understand something. Our ancestors went through much more than what we're going through right now. You know, they were hung, they were beaten, they were watered down. I mean, history shows us that. They literally blazed the trail for us. You know, so what we're going through now is basically the the social part. You know, we're trying to use our words more, you know, but we know they... They went through so much more than what we're going through right now. And I honestly, I don't think we're experiencing 10% of the pain and, and as they say, the, the knees on our necks as they experienced. They were hung. They were beaten. Their children were taken from them. You know, they were treated. Again, you know, we were less than three-fifths of a human. So we we have come a long way, but we're not totally there yet. And, and we get distracted. We get distracted by all the other noise that's out there that's telling us that we can't, you know. And when you say, how do we pull ourselves up? They want us, when I say they, I mean the government. They want us to say thank you for the scraps that they're giving, that we should be happy. We should be thankful for it. Like he said, again, Donald Trump said, your schools are no good, (laughs) you know, your your streets. He's telling you, just do what I'm saying and that's it. That's it. Because I'm the best you're going to get. And when you constantly, constantly hear that, you know what I'm saying? It becomes a, like, 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 what's that little circle they constantly playing in your head? Oh, <laughs> you know, loop, yeah. yeah, you know, and, and you start believing it. Okay, but you have to believe you're better than that because our ancestors believed that we were better than that. And that's what they fought for. That's what they died for. You know, so when you say, how can we come up? We come up by still fighting. You know, when they, when they gave us welfare, okay, and again, I'm from New York, so I keep it 100. When they gave us welfare, 
we were saying it was farewell because we were losing part of ourselves. We were losing our freedom. Yes, it helped us buy food and, you know, they gave you food stamps and the milk and the cheese and that. And that's it. But it wasn't teaching us how to do for ourselves. They're going to always keep you a step below on purpose if you allow it to happen. You don't have to allow it to happen. Section 8, I tell people all the time, use it as a stepping stone to get to where you want, where you need to be. It's okay. I've been there as well. And I taught my children that same thing. You know, you would think we live in a champagne life, but we're going to be a pocketbook. <laughs> okay? Yeah. You know, it, it's real. I mean, everyday survival is necessary. Yes. I mean, it's in the rich get more welfare than anybody. I mean, <laughs> yes, when President 45 was in office, he gave uh, a trillion and a half dollar tax cut to the rich. You know, and what did they do? They just, oh, they continue to talk about how it helped. It paid for itself, but it didn't pay for itself when it comes to us. It mm-hmm. was a cost to the treasury of this country. And yet nobody wants to talk about uh, that side doesn't want to talk about the cost that they put trying to give money to the rich. And, you know, we talk about the poor getting help, but if rent's so damn high, mm-hmm. then you need that help. You know, food is so damn high, you need that help. And you shouldn't feel bad about getting that help because you need to survive. That's you it. get out there, you work the shift work, you go to the to the to the junk jobs that you have to take and and yet you get no thanks for that you get no pay for that so yeah any help you can get in this society go ahead and take it with pride and and recognize that you are raising your children and you are bringing up the next generation to be better and you know there's nothing wrong with getting that help if the rich can get it then you can get it and utilize it as a resource to get you to the next step yeah that's what i'm saying to you and when i say again i speak to people from experience I have experienced that. I have been on welfare when I had my first child. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I use it as a stepping stone. I didn't feel bad because, yes, I, if I'm going to work through those shift jobs, guess what? Then I'm paying taxes for this. So you're giving me money that I already paid taxes for anyway. Okay? Right. So That's right. I, and I utilize that to get to where I need to be. So when, when you say, how do we do it? That's how we do it, step by step. It's not going to happen overnight, and it's going to be a struggle. But stay focused on what you want and what you're trying to give, the legacy you're trying to leave for your children. And not to roll with a stepping stone. I, I got food stamps exactly. until I couldn't get it no more. And that's fine. 813-239-9663. Any miles, you got a call right. on the Sunday Forum. Go ahead, caller. You're on. Hello, that's me. Yes. Mm-hmm. How y'all doing this morning? I'm all right. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing okay. I hear y'all talking about, uh, uh, I hear y'all talking about, uh, like, one of these presidents was better than the other. Both of them are horrible. The choices that they're giving us is horrible choices. Both of them. Um, 45 is no worse than 46. Well, I, I tend to disagree. I really disagree with that. 45 is an idiot and a racist and a bigot. You telling me forty six ain't an idiot? He's no, he's not an idiot, man. Ukraine, he gave more money to Ukraine and all these other folks than he given to us. He's given, he's given everything to people who haven't got here. You had people who just got here. Ukraine people get welfare, they get social security. Ukraine people are getting social security. What about the people who got but, aid from you know relief from student loans, and then the Republicans took that back? What about the people? Who need aid right now today? And okay. That's not giving it to them. You know what I'm saying? We, we you want to keep looking behind us, and we keep trying to fight a fight between one bad group or another. Both masters that's wrong. Both masters are bad. And why are you so hung up on kicking one when both of them deserve a foot in it? Because one is a fascist. Then which one? The Republicans. The one that the one that was Thurman Strong's best friend. The. I don't care about all that. All I care about is what he's doing in office. I don't care about all the people that they put in prison. There are a lot of people who are bad friends. Still sitting in prison right now with with charges that was fake charges. You see how many people that they turn around finding out that police during the Democrat time, police put charges on people and they still in prison? Isn't that a state okay. issue? Yeah. Is it what? The states. Isn't that a state the, issue? They lock people federal, up in the states. The, the, the federal... Oh, the federal can get involved when you got so many states 
locking up and killing black folks because the laws that the feds made. Yeah. Okay, so... turn it how you want to turn it, but the fed made it. You know what I'm saying? He signed that. He signed that law, and he made that law. He was proud of it and never denied it. All right, Carl, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me ask you a question. Black men. What makes you... Well, allow me to cut you off, but what makes you think, and, and I, I'm really, I want to know, first of all, and if you don't mind me asking, what's your, um, what's your race, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, my goodness. I'm black. You're black, I'm okay. Black. I'm blacker than black. Okay. I only love my black. I, I got you. Okay, so, and I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I don't, I don't want to say assume, so did you vote for um, Trump? No, I didn't vote for Trump. You didn't vote I didn't for Trump. vote for Obama either. You didn't vote for Obama either? Why did no, you, why did you not vote for Obama. Because once he took a racist and ran with him, I wondered about it. And then when the Hulu's iced him, when he was over in St. Pete, and the Hulu organization iced him, what are you going to do for my people? Whoa. Once you let me know that I'm not on your table. What was his response? He had. He, he said he wasn't gonna do anything for black people. People just like he did not say that. Come on, man, give it a break. Come on, give it a break, man. Let's go to the next caller. Eight one three two three nine nine six six three. This is the Sunday Forum. Go ahead, caller. You're on. Uh, am I on? Yes, yes sir, you are. Uh, good morning, and thank you for taking my call. Uh, I, I'm I'm listening to all the things you guys are saying, and what's missing, and always in these conversations, is, is our responsibility in this. You know, because we're in this situation in this state because we didn't vote for uh, governor. If we had voted just 50% of us, Ron DeSantis wouldn't be in office. Hmm. So uh, sometimes we have to take responsibility. Stop blaming the government for everything and take responsibility for ourselves. I just did the Great American Teach-In last last, uh, last I think last week. At uh, one of one of our schools, which was predominantly black, almost all black, and the teacher was saying, asking what could we do because the parents weren't sending their kids to school. Mm. Where where are our responsibilities? People who you know the, that mass incarceration. Let us not forget who asked for it. Who we did. We mass incarceration, the mass incarceration, that that war on drugs, we asked for it because during that crack period, people were drug dealers were ravaging our neighborhoods. And we asked for the government to stop letting them out. And I know you people are young and don't remember that, but we asked for it. Okay, I I, I want I want to ask you a question, Carla. I'm fine. So when you say we asked for, let's be clear, I, when you say you're young, I'm, fi- again, 56 years young, so I do remember the 80s, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> Boy, do I. Right. So when you say we asked for, what exactly do you mean? Because what we were asking was for them to come and help with the drug situation that they no, allowed to come to America, let's be clear, okay? Okay. And, and be they, spread drugs, amongst drugs, our communities. Drugs were here. Drugs were here before, but, I mean, we didn't put that. You're, if you're going to say the government brought drugs here and forced them into our hands, no, no, that no, that's not what I said. That's not what I said. That is not what I said. To our people, I, well, that's not what I said, sir. But what I will again, I will reiterate this part. When you say we asked for it, what do you mean? What, what did we ask for? Because again, we asked, we asked our elected officials mm-hmm. to pass a law to stop letting drug dealers out of jail on those charges. That's why you have those laws. We were, and I mean, it's just the truth. Are you sure? Yeah, we, we didn't ask can, them to stop letting them out of jail. Out of jail. We did. We're, we no. did. Well, that's 100%. You can check. You can check out. I mean, because it seems like that was a conservative move, you know, to ratchet up the war on drugs, especially coming out of the Nixon administration and his Southern no, strategy. No, 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 no. That's a that's a different that's a different group of things. That didn't that didn't change. The that law. said it all. Okay, so be specific. No, what what law? Be specific. What law? So we can look at the it. Law, the what law? law that, tell me the, the actual statute okay. that states that 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 was what we I, asked I, for. I can't tell you the statute, but I'll tell okay. you the law that 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 said that. They deal dealt with crack different than regular cocaine. That's no, that's true. Well, that that's that that is that's wide knowledge. Of course, they dealt with crack different than they did with cocaine. But we asked for it. No, no, black no, no, no. See that that's the part yeah. you're wrong on. When you say we, are you meaning African Americans? Are you meaning black people? Americans, black people. Yeah. So you so you're telling me this is the statement you want to go with. You're telling you want to tell me that mm-hmm. all of the yeah, African American world. Okay, no, not all. Not all. Yeah, okay. <laughs> 
we're not the world. <laughs> we are, we're not the world. Okay, I'm saying you want to say United States? black people in black neighborhoods. Black neighborhoods. So you're saying all, black, all the black people in black neighborhoods wanted this black law? People, no, 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 I'm no, sure no, that there no, were some no. elderly people who were feared who feared the drug scourge that right, was going that's on. that's what they asked for. No, 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 they they, no, they no, asked for protection do. from that. They didn't say no, let's no, do no, mass incarceration. They said let's lock all of our black people up. They did not say that. We said stop letting them out and they can't because it was a revolving door drug dealers knew that they knew that all they had to do was they get arrested they'd be out in a month and they knew it it was a revolving door and they we asked to stop and close that revolving door so because i mean i worked in in black neighborhoods then and i saw it i saw it happen and we did and that's just the truth. You no, because there are a lot of families who did not want to see their their boys locked up over drugs. I mean, that was it was more about rehabilitation. But I think I get that were a lot of people who did want greater policing. Uh, Caller, we got some more callers to go. But there was also a move, especially led by black people, to get rid of this disparity between crack cocaine and, and powder cocaine, cocaine. Exactly. because that was racist at its core since you knew rich white folks were doing powder cocaine mm-hmm. and they were getting less charges than the crack cocaine charges that were being pushed on black people and to keep black people incarcerated. People wanted to get rid of that disparity and that was the truth. That's just the truth. That's what black people wanted. Okay, <laughs> next caller, thank you for your call. Go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday Forum in the last few minutes. Mm-hmm. You hung up on me and let him round the own about that. No, I have mercy. <laughs> yeah. No, listen. Now I'm going to hang up on, on you again. Exactly. Thank you. Go ahead, Carla. You're on the Sunday Forum. Yes. Uh, good morning. Um, uh, to the gentleman that uh, says that there's no difference between the president. That's exactly what uh, the Republicans want you to think. Right. Mm-hmm. Very true. Exactly. Just Google. Just Google what has Biden done since he's been in the office. And I'm I'm going to tell you, I, at first, I wasn't a Biden supporter because I thought he was too soft. Okay? But he, he, he's been beyond my expectation. Google what Biden has done since he's been president. And another thing. This system, at least with the Democrats, you know, you got a chance, okay? You exactly put in the door. You got to work with them. And if we give the man some help, there's no telling what he can do. Thank you, Carl. Right. And it's about opening your eyes to fascism. I mean, people just don't understand what we're up against when we're dealing with a party that doesn't care. In fact, is angry about the progress that we made. That we made. Yes. And, and they're, they, they're, they're taking everything that, the, 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 uh, that we fought and died for, they're going to eliminate. And they're out front with it. They're telling us what exactly. And that's the part that I that worries me so much, Carla. Thank you for stating that again. Okay, he they're blatantly doing it, and we're not doing anything about it. That that's the part that it that it gets me so riled up that I want to scream, "Wake up!" Okay, seriously, just everybody wake up and one see more, what this man is doing. One one more thing before I hang up. Uh, you got. Um, Senator, Florida Senator Rick Scott, okay, he's, we're going to eliminate Social Security and Medicare. Right. Okay, he's out front. He's telling us he's going to mm-hmm. do and, and And to say that there's no difference in parties, it, it's unbelievable. Yeah, but most people are satisfied. They're being misinformed. Mm-hmm. They're 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 satisfied with where they're at, but we're you know we're facing some stuff down the road. Yeah, it's very true. Um, that's going to be another topic that we'll discuss next time. But I agree with you because our elderly community, you would think as you get older, you know your your government whatever because you put paid so much into it from working throughout your you know sixty five seventy some odd years what have you that as you got older it would be easier. But when you look at what they're literally taking from us. When it comes to Medicare and everything, being an insurance agent, I had to find all that out, and it scares me. And, like, in 10 years, that's, I'm going to be in that position. 
you know, but Medicare and all of this, you would think it's something that's good for, for our elderly, but it costs them so much. It's so much money. State that they Medicaid. Have, yeah, state, yeah, state Medicaid and Medicare. I'm telling okay. you, it costs them so much that the money that they take away from you as you're older, as you don't work your whole life. Right. And here's another difference. You have Nikki Haley sitting up there talking about retirement age at 65 is too low. Mm-hmm. They want you to work until you die while they sit around collecting big-time money yep. and not having to worry about the struggle of working until you're 65, 75 years old. Go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday Forum with Andy Miles. Yo, I'm in and out, but check it. I wanted to say a couple of things about the couple of callers. The omnibus bill is, is true. Put 100,000 police on the streets, and that was a Joe Biden you know, creation. And so I think the caller had a valid point with that. The other thing I would say is I just got off the phone with the comrade. His name is Diak Alubada. He just sent me the link to the YouTube video, and I'll forward it to you, my baby. When he asked, he was the one who asked Barack Obama, what are you going to do for black people? Barack Obama, uh, Barack Hussein Obama, instead of offering some kind of substantive plan, stuttered, backtracked, uh, fluffed, and so essentially said he would do nothing. And, I, and so, I mean, I just talked to the person who was there and asked the question. And, and so I just, you know, the way um, we dismissed that brother's uh, explanation or summation of Obama's response to Diop. I thought was, um, you know, uh, didn't lend to the accuracy of history. And again, to me, it doesn't matter who leads this white nation. I think Comrade Connie had a great point. There are those Africans, and all of our ancestors are not the same. There are those of us who had, those of our ancestors who, you know, used to, you know, just kiss butt in order, and, and, and other things too, perhaps, to be hooked up with this system. Caller, 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 I don't, I, I don't want, I don't want to interrupt you, but caller, let me, let me say this to you. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I want to be clear. We were, we were not pushing aside what he stated. We were pushing aside of facts. When you make a statement like that, and I ask the question, what was his response? He couldn't give me a factual response. Even the response you just gave just now, you said you sent the YouTube to my Billy, and thank you, we will we will review it. However, you kept saying he danced around and this and that. You still couldn't give me no facts where he verbally said, I'm not going to do anything for black people. Understand something, when I first mentioned Barack Obama, when we first came on, and I'm going to end it after this, I said to you, he was for all people, not for just black people. So when you ask him that one question, what you going to do for black people, you're trying to basically put him in a box and say, yeah, I'm in office, I'm a black man, first time get here and this is everything, everything I'm going to do. And that makes no sense. And That's so what I'm, allow me, allow me to finish it. Again, we're going to end no, after this. You, we'll you pick this up at another time, caller. Thank you. No, we got another caller line, Billy? And what I'm saying is the brother summarized what Obama said. He didn't necessarily say it was a quote. And I'm saying he did. I asked him. I said, "What did I said? What was Barack Obama's response?" He said, "He said he ain't doing nothing for black people." That's what he said. He said he said he didn't do. He's not doing anything. Yeah, that's what he stated, sir. That's what he essentially said. That's the essence of the comment. You'll see it. I have it in your inbox in a moment, brother. Okay, so again, he did not say those words verbatim. That's an inference that somebody took it to a mean that's what he said. He summarized it, is what I'm saying. But ain't, this ain't no Barack Hussein Obama conversation. No, <laughs> no it's not. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Let me ask you this, though, Brad. Do you think that, that he did anything other than just be a, a shield for white power? I, 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 can't, I can't think of it. If he did, okay. I, I don't remember. I just remember Eric Holder was the um, the attorney general, and I remember brothers were still going to jail. Police were still killing brothers under this regime. Okay, so let me ask you, what has Trump done? You, you won't you... let me finish talking. You're about the rudest person I've ever seen on this radio. <laughs> and I've been on here for 20 years. And it's just disrespectful and rude. I don't years. mean to be, but I'm just going to speak facts. You don't have to be. You're talking about you don't mean to be. You don't have to be. You can just wait. Sir, listen to me. Talking listen fast. To me. Go ahead. Sir. Okay, listen to me. What ha- you answered this question. You answered this question. Now I'm going to ask you another question. What has Trump done for black people? Like I said, what Trump did for black people was make the dividing line between colonizers and colonized people very clear. Never has there been a time since the 1960s that African people knew that we were African people. We need to fight like hell to get out of this mess. That's what he did for black people. And you're saying we didn't know that before Trump came into office. Okay, let's go to the next caller. <laughs> go ahead, caller. We're running out of time. Thank you. <laughs> go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday Forum. Yes, hi. I wanted to um, talk back about what you all are saying. Like, I totally agree with everything you guys are saying. But I do want to touch on where 
I'm not sure if she knew that our history teacher told us that Barack Obama was not the first president, black African-American president. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we've, we've had He's some talk. I think it was John one. Hansen or something like that. But he wasn't the first one wasn't elected. He was he was put in place by the House of Representatives for a brief period of time. But Barack Obama was the first elected. <laughs> At least part black president because he he does have a white parent. <laughs> okay, okay, because I know the first black president. You know, uh, they never want to say it since the white man had sex with the black slave, and our history teacher is a white man and got fired for telling us the truth in mm. history class. Mm. Wow. See, truth hurts some people. It I does. guess. <laughs> Thank you for calling and sharing that with us, caller. Thank you. Uh huh. So we, we've had a very exciting um, two hours, Mavilla. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had sparked some conversations, which is what I wanted. So thank you so much. All callers that has called in, whether we ended the call, you know, abruptly or not, all of your calls have been much appreciated. All of your feedback is much appreciated. Um, please continue to listen to eight, um, WMNFF. Um, we are the fourth estate crew. Okay, we're here on Sundays from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. You can reach us at 813-239-9663, or you can go on WMNF.org, or you can go to DJ at WMNF.org. Okay, Mobili, so we're going to wrap it up. We discussed for these two hours right here, entrepreneurship and empowerment and the strength that African-American women and women in general have put towards our community, our society, our government to help make it better because we do play a crucial, crucial part, you know, in the politics of of the world that we have right now. Every president, they had their wife there with them believing she played her part in some form or fashion. Uh, Well, we're going to be also talking about our vice president at yes. some point yes. because they've been trashing her a lot for no reason. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about that and what a potential Kamala Harris presidency might yeah. look like. Yep, that's it. So we going to keep it to this is the Sunday Forum. Thank you, Annie. Annie Miles Absolutely. for sitting in today. <laughs> Absolutely. And, um, and we got our Queen Latifah coming on now. Yes, yeah. and you know what she's saying, you and our T.Y. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. This is WMNF. Tampa Post Martin Hootenade is coming up next. Looks like Randy Wynn is in the house. So keep it tuned for that after another news update from National Public Radio News. WMNF, Tampa. Another flow, flow. Every time I hear a brother call a girl a bitch or a hoe, trying to make a sister feel low, you know all of that got to go. Now everybody knows there's exceptions to this rule. I don't be getting bad when we playing this cool, but don't you be calling me out my name. I bring crap to those who disrespect me like a dame. That's why I'm talking. One day I was walking down a block, I had my cut off shorts on, right? Cause it was crazy. I- I walked past these dudes when they passed me. One of them felt my booty, he was nasty. I turned around red, somebody was catching the rat. Then the little one said, hear me, bitch. And what? Since he was with his boys, he tried to break fly. I punched him dead in his eyes. Who you calling me?
a bitch now that you saw a veggie's video. I saw you wildin', actin' like a fool. Uh. I peeped you out the window, jumping girls after school. But where did all of this come from? What? A minute ago, you was a nerd and nobody ever heard of you. Now you a wannabe. Uh. You barely know your ABCs. Please. There's plenty of people out there with triggers ready to pull it. Why you trying to jump in front of the bullet, young lady? Uh. And real bad girls are the silent type. Yeah. Ain't none of this worth getting your face sliced. Cause that's what happened to your homegirl, right? Walking with no she got the wear that for life. Who you calling a bitch? 